Welcome in everyone to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm Glenn Martin here with my coach James Haskell and of course DK in the back helping us out. In this episode, we're going to first target some positions where we we still think could could use some added competition to the room before uh, this very important training camp starts in in under three weeks now, uh, Jimbo. It's crazy. It's coming crazy. coming pretty quick. But um, yeah, we're, we're still we're gonna identify some positions that we think need some extra competition uh, that could use it, and then we're gonna go through the list of remaining free agents at those positions to see if there's any names that could make sense for the Ravens to bring in. So, um, which position should we start with, Jimbo? Because I think we've identified a few, but where do you want to start? I personally want to start at the edge, and and the reason I want to start at the edge is because I think it's the best combination of team need and relative uh, names available. So I still think there are some names out there that could be, you know, difference makers, needle movers, uh, and I think it's a high need for the Ravens. So that's kind of where I want to start. And there's some names that come to my mind. Um, I, I'm not sure if you have other ones, but certainly Justin Houston is at the top of the list for me. Uh, and then even, you know, Trey Flowers, Kyle Van Oy, and then you got to throw Unique Ngakwe in there, uh, and then even a Jadavian Clowney. Like, those are the names to me that I think the Ravens would be circling as far as the guys that they're looking at to come in at edge. Uh, are there any names that you see in addition to those guys? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I, I think you hit on the big ones. Um but I, I think Marcus Golden, I don't know if I heard you mention his name. Oh, right. Um, he had double-digit sacks two years ago, didn't he? Yeah, he's had he's had a couple seasons in which he had uh, double-digit sacks. So I think he's an option who wouldn't be as expensive as some of the other guys uh, that you know are on this list, like Genevieve Clowney and Unique Ngakwe, I think are going to ask for for price tag that might make it impossible for the Ravens to add. Uh, I think you obviously you named the most likely of, of ads back. And that's Justin Houston who had what nine, nine and a half sacks last year for the Ravens and <clears throat> typical timeline. He doesn't, he's not uh, interested in signing before training camp. Uh, so it's still in line with how he kind of operates. But do you look at Justin Houston as a guy that still has nine to nine and a half? Like what do you think is a realistic expectation for a guy like Justin Houston? If he was brought back for the Ravens? Yeah, I think this might be crazy. I think a realistic expectation is like seven plus sacks. Only because last year he really showed that he's an absolute specialist. And what I mean by that is you think of a guy that has limited opportunities, but has high impact. You know, he knows his role. It's like somebody that has a narrow scope, and but the it's a mile deep, right? Like you have an inch wide uh, or a mile deep inch wide. is an inch wide and a mile freaking deep. So every time he gets on the field, he, he seems to have an impact, and I think he can do the same thing. I, I think that Mike McDonald figured out how to use him really well, and I think he'll continue to do so. And I think it'll help with the uh, with the improvement of the two young boys in front of him. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and I don't know how much he could learn from a guy like Chuck Smith, being as though he, you know, this is a guy in Justin. Yeah, Houston Chuck is, needs to learn from him. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think Justin's had far more personal success in the league than Chuck, but I still think you're right in that having a guy like Chuck on the staff who can maybe improve those around you could, you know, make your job easier. Cause it's not, let's not forget. It's not just the edge position that he's been helping with. He's been coaching pass rush to, you know, everyone in the front seven. Uh, so I think 
the improvements of everyone would help make his job easier. But a lot of fans are asking for Unique Ngakwe to be brought back because they saw him have pass rush success elsewhere because, let's be honest, he didn't have a ton of success when he was a Raven. Do you think there's any chance the Ravens could could have a reunion with Unique, or do you think that kind of ship has sailed? Yeah, I think that ship sailed. It really has nothing a lot of people bring up the fact that he uh you know he doesn't he's not when it comes to the run he's not too excited about stopping the run but ultimately i think he's a me guy i think that's what it really comes down to that's the frustrating part for me i i'm not gonna sit here and disparage the guy's character but the way that he plays reflects to me that he's more worried about self than he is about team so i think no it was the answer to me what do you think i think it just from a standpoint of like he didn't seem like when he was here that he was a good fit. Uh, that 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 a reason alone, even though the defense has changed since then, I I still think that that reason alone makes it less likely he's brought back. Like he's already been here and didn't seem to fit when he was here. So even though the defense has changed, I still think that the head coach is still here. So I, I don't think that uh, they'll they'll kick the tires and bring him in. But Jadeveon Clowney's a guy where it, it's an interesting name in that. At the very least, if he's on the field, you know you're getting an A-plus run defender at the minimum. And then at his best, you know, we know what he can do when he's a motivated pass rusher. The only question is, what's the motivation? What's the, you know, the passion like right now and year whatever it is for him as a football player to still put in the necessary effort, especially, you know, when the lights aren't on, when the, when the whistles aren't being blown? Are you putting in that effort that's necessary in order to make yourself successful in the field, do you think Jadeveon Clowney is a guy they should look at? No, I'm over Jadeveon. Maybe that's just me, and maybe that would make me a bad GM. But I, I think his price would be, at a minimum, the cost of two Justin Houston's. And, like, that that doesn't get me too excited. Because, yeah, I mean, it just, it just doesn't get me very excited. I don't think the top end of what his abilities are is as much as it used to be. So eh, I, it sounds like you might be a little bit more in favor than me. How do you feel about him overall? Like, do you, would you be in favor of them going after him and say they pay him, like I said, two times the salary of a Justin Houston? Does that sound good to you? Like, do you see more value there than me? No, I mean, I, I think he would get more than that because Justin Houston signed for like, the vet minimum. I mean, with a couple incentives that really didn't even boost it, like, you know, terribly, you know, a, a huge amount. So I, I think that uh, culturally, I don't see the fit with Jadeveon. He doesn't seem like a guy who plays like a Raven, as they say. Um, so I think it's a long shot. And then a guy like Marcus Golden, I think would be a lot less expensive. You mentioned he had double digit sacks just two seasons ago with Arizona. He had 11, in fact, but only, only two and a half sacks last year, despite the fact that he played in all 17 games. But the only question is, like, I think they could maybe get two for the price of one. And, like, I think a unique Ngakwe might cost the same as both uh, Justin Houston and Marcus Golden combined. Or the same can be said likely with Jadeveon Clowney because of his, his draft status many years ago and the fact that at least you know you're getting one of the best run defenders at, at, at you know, at worst. So, um, but I still, two and a half sacks – albeit for a team that's terrible in Arizona and didn't have a lot to play for. So you wonder how that factors into, you know, his personal success. But I, I think edge position, likely Justin Houston and everyone else, I think is a pipe dream. 
Yeah, I agree. Ultimately, this is my last question about Edge. Do you think they bring someone in or no? I think they do, but it, it's it's Justin Houston. I don't think it's anyone. Maybe JP. Like, I don't think it's a new guy. It's a return of a guy we just saw last year. Yeah, I agree. All right, what position do you want to talk about? Well, I want to ask you this. This might not seem like a very – it's definitely not a need position, but I think it's interesting to talk about, and that's the backup quarterback role. I know a lot of people are penciling in uh, Huntley as, as the, the backup because that's what we've seen the last couple of years behind Lamar, and he's had some success, uh, and then he's had some – you know, he had that big moment last year where it looked like the Ravens were going to shock the world and pull off the upset in Cincinnati – until he tries to go over the top, gets the ball knocked loose. And, of course, it's a clip we'll see for many, many years to come as a Ravens fan that I it forces me to scramble and change the channel when I see it pop up. So what do you think about the possibility of the Ravens adding a guy like, say, Teddy Bridgewater to this room? I mean, there's a list of guys, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, of course, Joe Flacco. So there are some guys, but the name that I wanted to bring up the most is Teddy Bridgewater because of the fact that he's had some success in this league, it, it seems like he understands his role going forward will be a backup, maybe a a, vent, a, a mentor, or at best a, a role where he could compete against a rookie. But if he's okay with being a backup, which it seems like he is, what about seeing what Teddy Bridgewater can bring to the room? Because uh, we don't know we don't know what Munkin's feelings are about Tyler Huntley. Does he really? think this guy could be a, a backup. And I think it's a reasonable conversation when you consider how much time Lamar's missed the last two years that there's a chance, there's a pretty good chance that a backup's going to at least have to play in one game. Yeah, I think it's a fair conversation to be had. It's, it's a bummer that Huntley, I think we're all just kind of, I think a lot of us are falling victim to the last time we saw Tyler Huntley. It was an epic blunder, right? Yes. And he- I know his win-loss record is not great, but his ability to manage the game overall has been good. And I remember one of the things that you mentioned when we did that post-game show is that outside of that play, Tyler Huntley outplayed the golden child in Joe Burrow, who to me is being prematurely anointed. But point being, like, he outplayed the one, the only Macaulay Culkin, right? Like, so ultimately for me, I think that Huntley deserves to have the job, but I wouldn't be against bringing in Bridgewater to push him and to to, to have a fair competition for it. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that Bridgewater, if I think about his previous deals as a backup, just like you said, him kind of knowing his role already, generally speaking, he, he gets hot, he gets paid more than like whatever the minimum is that you're giving your your your, your backup quarterback. So now, his market obviously has cooled off. Uh, I wonder if if a timing thing will, will be the issue here where, like, the Ravens might be interested, but if another team has an injury, um, then, you know, the, the, the timing of it might not make sense. So I wonder if he's going to be waiting around where the Ravens are going to want to sign him now, but Teddy's going to kind of want to wait to camp to see who gets hurt and see who we can have the highest value. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. If it, of course, if it gets anything into any sort of bidding wars, the Ravens would immediately lose because they're not looking to invest a ton of money into a backup uh, quarterback right. role. So I, I think that's a good point. And it, look, the Ravens did bring in Josh Johnson. They still have Anthony Brown. So it's not like there's no competition for Tyler Huntley. I just wonder if Tyler Huntley, who was brought here to play in Greg Roman's system, fits 
the new Todd Munkin system. And only Todd and I guess the rest of those coaches kind of know that as of right now. So I think it's interesting conversation. And I don't think it's unreasonable to think that the backup's going to have to at least be inserted into a, a, a game or two. Um, although we're hoping we're hoping for, you know, 100% success. Or, I mean, health for Lamar. Nine games missed, eight games missed last two seasons. I think it's um, it's a possible talking point. And look, Teddy Bridgewater's had a year where he threw for 3,700 yards in this year. He's had 18 touchdowns in a season. You know, he's had a year where he had almost 70% completion percentage. This guy's had some success, and I would personally feel more comfortable if he was inserted into a three-game stretch where Lamar was forced to miss because of a rolled ankle than Tyler Huntley. Uh, that's just me. Now, I understand cap ramifications. You mentioned the price tag would be higher for him, and it would. Uh, the question is, do you think that that's important enough? Um, and I guess we'll wait and see to see if there's another arm added to the battle. Is there another position that you want to talk about, Jimbo, outside of quarterback? Yeah, I do. We'll stay offense, and we'll talk. Um, we'll talk uh, running back. And this one really is only a one. And it has everything to do with J.K. Dobbins being that, you know, a lot of people have said, all right, well, if J.K. is disgruntled, well, then let's see, you know, let J.K. walk, not like literally let him walk. Let's see what his trade market is, see what we can get for him and put us in a scenario where we can bring in Dalvin Cook. Right. So um, this one is interesting to me because it could just be trading one for another where the only thing that's difficult for me is I don't know if Dalvin Cook is cheaper than J.K.'s current deal. And I don't know if he'd be even cheaper than J.K.'s uh, extension he gets with or that he's trying to get with the Ravens or he'd get with another team. But I think it's just a conversation. Where, you know, where are you at with the, the Dalvin Cook scenario? Dalvin Cook's, what, 27? He's got 4,000-yard seasons in a row. Obviously, he's a very well-proven back. Uh, where are you in this, in this whole thing when it comes to Dalvin Cook and, and potentially moving on from J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, I think it's an an interesting conversation in that, and the and the reason being is that I'm not saying that if if they were both happy, who I'd rat like, I think J.K. You know, he's drafted here, he's had success here outside of the injury lost uh, time, and so I think if if we didn't have the the issues of J.K. voicing his displeasure on Twitter, doing a sit down interview where he talked about it with Mark Viviano. This isn't even a discussion. We wouldn't even talk about the position. The only reason we're discussing it is that is because J.K. has voiced his displeasure and he's had issues where he's talked about his future elsewhere already. And so the one thing that we always hear from the Ravens, we talk, we heard about it when they brought in Odell Beckham, the number one and one important thing is that he wants to be here. That's why they loved Odell Beckham, because he wanted to be here. And it sounds like he wants... So if a guy doesn't want to be here, look at what they've done for guys who doesn't want to be here. They traded them. They got rid of them. They granted them their wish because they don't want guys in the building that don't want to be in the building. So the only reason we're talking about this is because JK has voiced his displeasure. So with that being said, Dalvin Cook, four straight thousand yard seasons. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, which we think is going to be a big part of this upcoming offense. He would seem to fit what the Ravens would need here. Um, now, with that all being said, I think a lot of what J.K. has been doing is just posturing. He's trying to. He sees a a running back market that is is hurting, and he's worried about what his future is in this league, not just with this team, but wherever it would be. So, I think he's just doing some, in my opinion, um, 
maybe getting some some bad advice and some poor guidance, and he's just not doing it the right way. But ultimately, once the training camp starts, I think J.K. is going to be all in. I think he's going to have a big season. I think he's going to get paid. You know, whether it's here or not, I'm not sure, but I think he'll get paid a, a you know a fair market value. And so I don't think the Ravens will overreact and go bring someone in, even though he's been pretty vocal in 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 the short time we've seen him here. From a running back, you know, free agency list that would make any sense to even discuss, and and it simply has everything to do with that. So yeah, I want to talk about, and, and I agree with you. I think ultimately Ravens are bringing in Dalvin Cook. It's not in our DNA. Like, we're just, we're not doing that. Uh, and and if we have to favor with someone, it's going to be the homegrown talent. So if we got to spend money somewhere, it's going to be there. Do, uh, before we move on, hang on. Before we, we, we Jimbo, uh, can you hear me? Can you, are, are you with me? All right. Well, I think we're, but I'm going to ask you a quick question here, Jimbo. I hope you can hear me. I hope you're, you're able to, uh, to pick up what I'm putting down, as they say. Kenyon Drake, last time we saw him, was here. And some people are saying he showed a lot. You know, he was the leading pass catcher as the running back here in Baltimore. He would be vet minimum cheap any chance they bring in Kenyon Drake rather than the more expensive Dalvin Cook option. Yes, yes, and yes. I mean, I think he loved his time here. I think that John liked him. And he's a pass catcher out of the backfield. And I think uh, I think Munkin loves that, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a great one. I'm kind of bummed out that I didn't point that one out. So, nice find there. And I think that's one that they could potentially kick the tires on for sure. If if J.K., you know, that whole situation decides to kind of dissolve, right? And yeah. J.K. moves on. So, that's a good one. Cool, cool. And then where where else do you look at as a possible ad spot for the Ravens? Yeah, the big one, and we've talked about it a lot, it's got to be corner, but, and we've talked about the, the two names to me, Marcus Peters and, and and Anthony Avery are still on the market. Ultimately, what I want to know from you is that, uh, I mean, I think they bring someone in. I still think it's Marcus Peters. Am I being am I being uh, just overly optimistic here, or do you think that, that there's an opportunity for him to come back? Man, I'm like you, man. I'm still trying to hold out hope. I, I think it's it's looking less and less likely because of, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm being convinced by, by, you know, other things that I'm hearing that, that it's less likely. Uh, but I just, I wonder if they gave that money to other people, like if they gave part of his money to Rocky sin and they gave, you know, part of his money to Odell Beckham and part, because I do think that Marcus Peters is the far more expensive option. Uh, than Anthony Avert would be. Just, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm Marcus Peters, I'm going. You're going to pay Anthony Avert what in comparison to me? Like, look what I've done in this league. It's really not even close. So the question is, how much does he demand? Because I think I, I think if they were asking for the same amount of money, they would pick Marcus Peters. But, but let me if they let can, me ask you this though, Glenn. Yeah. The longer he sits, so ultimately, the longer he sits, the lower his price gets, in my opinion. Right. Unless there's um, an injury. Right, unless there's a major injury. So, I mean, he's still sitting there. What, I mean, I get your point about the pay, but at what point does Marcus say, all right, well, all things be equal, I'm going to take what I can get. I might as well play for the Ravens, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how do, how much does being happy where you work matter? To, like, how much does that 
trump any monetary like you might make a little bit more in houston playing for the texans but you're playing for a loser and you already know you like it in baltimore uh so yeah how much does that value i think that especially for a veteran who's already made some pretty good scratch in his career that might weigh more than it would for someone like anthony avert who's still trying to make a dent you know in this league and still trying to get that big payday that marcus has already gotten in the past maybe he will take a bit of a hometown discount to come back to Baltimore. I think that would be what do you what do you buy into? Uh, I, I question is do you buy into those fans that say that uh that Gre- John Harbaugh doesn't really want a, a loud mouth as they said, you know, doesn't want a boisterous personality, doesn't want a guy like Marcus Peters in the locker room because he doesn't like those tape type A personalities. What do you say to that to that? I'll, I'll give you three letters, O-B-J. Like, we just signed Odell Beckham Jr., who is the ultimate personality in the NFL. It's not even close. So I would say no, that that, that just disproves that whole point. Of course, we've heard it before, but yeah. I, I wouldn't say that's an issue at all. I think, I think Coach loves Marcus. Gotcha. Okay, and I agree with you, but I know there's a lot of fans that still have that that narrative going that uh, he runs all the, the the big personalities out of Baltimore. Yeah, no, for sure. So so to wrap this part up, same thing. Do you, like me, think they bring someone else in uh, ultimately before camp at the cornerback position? I do. I think they I think they have to. There's just not enough depth there. And, and like you mentioned, I think in one of our previous videos, Eric DaCosta had to have learned from Rashad Bateman going down and what that did to the receiver room. And that would have the same effect if Mar- if Marlon Humphrey went down. We would see the same scrambling, the same. I mean, we, we just don't have enough depth behind him and Rocky Sin to make it uh, to make it through an entire season at a position that ultimately almost always gets hurt at some point or another um, because of what they're asked to do. So I think they do bring someone in. My question to you, Jimbo, is does it not make more sense to bring in a guy who's maybe more skilled in the slot than it is to bring in a Marcus Peters, who's going to be an outside guy. You know, they're not going to kick Marcus in on the inside. So I just think that there's a lack of a, a dominant inside guy. And that might mean that Marlon Humphrey's forced to go back inside and cover the slot, which is fine. He's, he's, he's great at both, but I'd rather him be on the outside. You know, I'd rather him have that, that be that boundary defender instead of having to go inside. And if Pepe can't do it, I think Marlon's going to have to. Yeah, I agree. It's a bit of a conundrum there because there isn't a plug-and-play guy at that spot. Um, and Marcus, like you said, doesn't really help fill that role without moving Marlin inside. Uh, I guess, is there anyone that's existing out there that you think could be the guy? Yeah, I mean, well, William Jackson III is, is a guy who's played a lot of nickel in his in his day. Uh, he's out there. I think he's a, he's a possibility. He's only 30 years old, so he's not like he's he's you know terribly old guy. Um, I think he's a possibility, but what do you, and, and what also, I guess, what do you think about? Cause some fans are like, okay, Marlon has to go inside. He was great inside. Let him go inside and let's let the other guys take over on the outside. Like, do you think it's that terrible if he does get kicked inside? No, I think ultimately, and Marlon knows it's just about getting your best guys on the field and putting them in the best roles to, to, to shine. So no, I, I don't think Marcus or excuse me, Marlon would mind that much. And uh, I don't think it would be the end of the world, considering 
you know, in my mind, you're acting under the assumption that, say, we have a Marcus Peters, a Rockison, and a Marlon Humphrey as, like, your your top three corners, right? No, I don't think Marlon would mind at all, and he would get it done. So, um, nah. That's how Alabama boys are, man. They're generally te- they're generally team first. Like, they just it's, – it's, it's team, 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 you know? So, and Marlon has certainly been that way his whole time here at Baltimore. So, um, nah, no concerns there. And I'm okay with it because you just, you just want your best guys out there. Yeah, and, and like you said, he's a football player. You know, I mean, just just look at him on the field and how he plays. He's a football player uh, who would be li- – I mean, I, I guarantee the Ravens could go to him in a pinch and go, we need you to play linebacker today, Marlon. Can you do it for us? And I think he would sign up for it and just look forward to the opportunity to hitting some people. Um, but last last position for me is, is defensive line. They lost a huge piece in Calais Campbell as he went to Atlanta to, to help mentor the young – the young Falcons team, but left a void here in Baltimore, not just from a production, but also a leadership standpoint. So right now the Ravens are going to ask Justin Metabike. They're going to ask even Travis Jones to a degree, but certainly Broderick Washington to step into bigger roles. Do you think that they got enough in that room to absorb the loss of a guy like Calais Campbell? Um, or do you think they should go kick the tires on Indomitian Sue, Michael Brockers, Linville Joseph? One of the one of the top remaining free agents in the D line room is that they'll probably roll with the guys they got. But if they did, but I also see your point in that. Like, I also see that there's a bit of a need without running the. So you've got to have guys grow into these positions, and these young guys have got to do it. And I think that's the way that they'll kind of backfill. But there's also a risk in not bringing in a proven vet that these guys won't grow into these additional responsibilities. So I think ultimately the Ravens are going to have to run the risk of the position group. But if they decide not to, I really like Dominic and Sue uh, in this role uh, because I think that once again, his, his range of responsibility can be limited. And now that he's gotten older, he can do less, but he's still very good at being dominant at the, at the, the point of attack, stopping the run, you know, wreaking havoc there at the middle. Uh, and I think him and Michael Pierce on rotation would be would be a pretty uh, a pretty fun sight for Ravens fans to watch up front. So that's the name that gets me excited. But I'm I'm inclined to say they will probably roll with the guys they got. Yeah, and and to that to your point about Michael Pierce, do you think that Ravens the Ravens can count on him because we know when he's on the field what he can bring. The problem is he's been frequently not on the field. So. As much as I get hyped when I see him in camp and I go, man, this guy is just, for his size, the way he moves, the way he can impact the passer even from a defensive tackle, we know what he does in the run game. I mean, he's one of the very best run defenders at that position. But can the Ravens actually count on him? Like, can can you put him on that list of, all right, we got that guy? Because I think we can count on Broderick Washington. We can count on Justin Metabike to at least be there every single game and and be there for the practices where you get better. Like, they're always there. Travis Jones, like, I don't know if we can count on him yet because we haven't had a big enough sample, but we can count on some guy. Can we count on Michael Pierce, Jimbo? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's a great point you bring up. You can't. You can't. As much as you'd love to, you just simply can't based on history. And so I think you've swayed me into thinking that they've got to bring a name in. They've got to bring someone in because you just can't. As much as you'd love to. I think ultimately that's where I fall. And I didn't before that, but you bring up a great point. He just misses too much time. 
Yeah, and it's a shame because I think if he was able to play a full 17 game schedule, he could be one of the very best at his position across the league. But I mean, how, how could how could anyone say that they know for sure they'll even get 14 games out of him? I mean, I, I think anything you get out of Michael Pierce is kind of a cherry on top. Yeah, or even four games out of him, right? I mean, it's just been that that tough lately. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, so, same thing then, you think they bring someone in? I think they bring someone in. I, I just wonder if they can afford guys like I just mentioned, and Dominican Sue, Michael Brockers, Limbo Joseph, if they can afford them or if they have to – maybe go the the less less expensive route and get a guy who's maybe a little off the radar for guys you know people like me and you and and maybe they grab a guy who's like I said less less known but can still like maybe a William Golston or maybe they can I I don't know I don't know who they bring in but maybe Shelby Harris but whoever it is I think they bring some competition into the room but I wonder if it's going to be one of the household names that we've discussed yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you with, with that. Is there any other position groups that you consider uh, possible or a need for bringing, uh, you know, guys in uh, in comparison to the free agents that are outstanding? You know, I, I I know that left guard has been a big, you know, position that everybody's been saying who's going to win it. And there are some guards out there that have some name recognition, but I think the Ravens have done enough to 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 draft at that position where. It's not going to be like I think they have enough in house to run where they with who they got at left guard. So I don't really look. I mean, this team doesn't have a ton of needs. You know, even the needs we've just discussed aren't like glaring. It's not like we're totally bereft of like they got talent at every position. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's really all the groups that I look at that I think need to add competition. How about you? No, I, I agree with you. Um, we are a relatively complete team. We're definitely not the Houston Tech. Uh, so yeah, I think these are the main. These are the main ones. What I'd be interested to know from the folks that are watching: Are there any other position groups that we missed, uh, and any other players out there that got that have you intrigued from a free agency standpoint? As far as need goes, like yeah, there's always would love to have DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook and everyone else. But like, is there a need? Is there a guy that fits a need out there? So uh, make sure you let us know in the comments below, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. See. You.